Here's the thing about Boomer, y'all. She's old. Uh, and so when sudden things happen to her physically, it's very disorienting. And so when she feels like she's about to, to hurl, she has to be like, what is happening? I can hear her out in the hallway going, that's her mommy, I'm a foe up noise. So I had to stop everything I was doing in here and run out and like get a towel under her fucking face. And then she's like, a towel? Fuck you. And that just was the dominoes of the chaos that has been my my morning leading up to right now. Anytime I get so close to pulling the trigger on getting a cat or a dog or something, I shit like this happens and I'm like, nope, fuck it. Nope, fuck it. it. Don't do it. I'm too selfish. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could be. Alas, I love her. You can come to the dark side stuff. No, I love her. (laughs) Okay. Hey so, hey, so Steph. Hey, so Chris. I love life right now. Isn't that weird? Are you okay? Have you no. have you been kidnapped? Do I need to re-maximize the StreamYard screen so that you can blink and let me know you need help? Uh, let me. Uh, fifteen years. Well, no, probably a little bit longer than that. Anyway, a lot of fucking therapy is finally paying off. Just takes a really fucking long time. All right, so what's going on? Why are you loving life? I had a great Thanksgiving, um, despite the fact that the world's on fire and life has given me every fucking reason in the world to be sad and depressed and whatnot. I'm okay. Hmm. And, that, and I'm not, I'm not super Congratulations. Ha- I'm not super happy. I'm not, su- I'm not sad at all. I'm just okay. And that's actually where I want to be. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing uh, that you have to learn in the whole like depression journey uh, is that you can't strive for amazing day. All the time, you're going to miss that mark. Just neutrality is fine. Neutrality is good. Because from neutrality, you can go places up and down, but up. And so, yeah, no, being okay is amazing. Congratulations. That's all. That's all. So you want to hear about my Thanksgiving? Oh, sure. I've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> so this is our this is our first Thanksgiving in the new house. Right. And so, um, I mean, I've, I've, this kitchen and I have been getting to know each other for the past several months. Um, but this was the first big ask of it uh, and the first big ask of me. And um, and I, I didn't calculate the fact that I did not move all of my kitchen from Texas. So I didn't have the stuff that I only think about once a fucking year right. at Thanksgiving, like a giant roasting pan. For my right, ham, right. stuff like that. So I didn't have the proper tools. So I was improvising on the fly. And when you improvise on the fly, stuff will spill out of pans inside your oven. Yeah. And then there will be smoke. <laughs> and so on Thanksgiving Day, <laughs> with it 20 degrees outside, you have to have all the windows in the house open. Yeah. To let the smoke of your ham juices, which is a phrase I never want to say again. Ah! The smoke of these burning materials dissipate, but you still need to use the oven is the thing. Like, shit's not done cooking. <laughs> and so I needed, it was, it, to the point where all we could do was laugh. And like, Thanksgiving dinner didn't hit the table till like eight, nine o'clock at night because shit was just fucked. That's amazing. And so we ate a perfectly delicious uh, Thanksgiving dinner in our winter coats (laughs) (laughs) because it was 20 degrees in my house. 
<laughs> yeah, so I uh, so y'all, I was uh, you know I had I had Friendsgiving for my Thanksgiving. My family was all busy doing different stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, I had a I had a really good time just hanging out with everybody, and uh, you know, and with that incredibly hot friend of yours that you've been hiding from me all this time. Uh, you're definitely not talking about Charles. You're talking about my friend Santiago. But Charles <laughs> the, is there too. The, the Latino Freddie Mercury. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. <sighs> Girl, oh let me God, tell you. Y'all. Let me tell you about her. Um, she's messy, and I love her. Um, she's got a very nice voice, you know. And that's and that and that's that's one of the yeah. I, I do like Santiago's voice, but ugh, it's like my little. It sister, was a so. voice that I heard in the background. Of Chris sent me a video of his Thanksgiving spread, of his friendsgiving spread, uh, of all the food, and I was like, "That's great." Who's talking in the background right now? Who's that mm-hmm. saying thank you for the food? Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I need to know more. So. Yeah. I, I, but no, I was hanging out with friends, having a good time, and yeah, uh, everybody was getting along. Great. I was toasty because I had been drinking, and then I get a message on my phone, like, Heather, everything's going wrong, or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I took all the Thanksgiving karma today. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, my family's really chill. Like, <laughs> nobody was like, what are you doing? Everybody was just rolling with it, but like, yeah, it took a minute to get the smell of burnt ham juices <laughs> out of my house. That's also Ugh. gross. <laughs> Moist. <laughs> <laughs> Moist. Uh, hey, I want to share with you real quick. So I live in Colorado now, you guys. Um, by the way, we have new listeners who have not been around for the whole saga of this podcast, which, I mean, it's only 137 podcast episodes. What are you doing? Um, but they, but people who tuned in just for the High Republic, so they don't know the history. My family and I used to live in Texas, um, but one of my kids is trans, and Texas is not the place to have a trans child. So we packed up and fucking left, and now we live in Colorado. So this is my first changing of the seasons uh, in Colorado, and the other day, it fucking snowed. Snowed, snowed, snow. I was full on Jack Skellington out there. Like, what's this? What's this all over the place? <laughs> and it's and it's fucking fifteen degrees outside. So I'm outside in like all of my winterness and realizing very quickly that my gloves are not rated for this at all. <laughs> These are Texas gloves and not Colorado gloves. But I'm walking my dog. I'm outside hanging out and uh, and it's fucking freezing, right? Fucking freezing. I have like multiple pairs of socks on, etc. I walk past one of my neighbors. She is out on her front porch. I shit you not, barefoot, in yoga pants, and short sleeves, sitting on her front porch, sipping her coffee. She's got like a throw blanket, but you know, no big deal. She's just sitting out there like that. I'm like, oh, so I found a native. (laughs) Like, either that, or you started the peyote early today, ma'am, because this was morning. Um, I mean, or both. (laughs) Or both. Por que no los dos? This is the Denver area. Yeah. But then she's like, oh, hold on. She goes to open her front door and lets her dog just run out. She has a, she has this hound dog just comes loping out. My dog is very much like me. Okay. He's stranger danger. He does not like other dogs. He loves people. Doesn't like other dogs at all. I keep him on a leash nearby me at all times because I am a responsible dog owner. So she lets this fucking dog come charging up. And this dog is all hail fellow well met friendly vibes and wants to come say hi to me, which is the deadliest sin you could commit in the presence of my dog is to be nice to me. If you're a dog, because that's his mom and he's not sharing. Okay. So I'm like pulling my dog away because my dog is squaring the fuck up. and He's about to take this bitch on. And she's like, it's okay. My dog is friendly. I'm like, mine's not. 
And she's like, oh, my God, no, Trixie, come here. She starts calling, the dog's name is Trixie, starts calling the dog back. But, like, how do we, how do people forget that there are multiple beings in a social interaction? It, okay. happen, it happens all the time, and it's generally why I don't like most people, because of that lack of consideration. We have, in my apartment complex, because there's a dog park out mm-hmm. front, we have people, even though it's the law, and we have signs everywhere saying, keep your dog on a leash, right. we, we always have people that come out and are like, oh, my dog is special. They don't need a leash. And then they either get mauled, or right. they run out into the street and get fucking hit by a car. It is for everybody's safety. Yeah. It's like for your dog's safety and for mine, because I don't want my dog to get scooped up by the authorities because he fucking bitch slapped your dog. Yeah. Back off. Anyway, I uh, there are times where I wish I could be in the Judge, judge Dread universe and, <laughs> and be a judge. I am the law. I am the law. And then I would, you know... Pass some justice around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's just like that. I just felt like that was such like a, a life lesson that she needed to learn right then, which is just because you have a perception of how a social interaction is going to go, you need to read the room. Okay. You need to see that my dog is not making friendly face and neither am I. Like, there's a, you know how they say that pets become more like their owners? Okay, that mm-hmm. is so, super true <laughs> with me yeah. and my dog. I think he was probably nicer before I adopted him, but here we are. he loves people and loves certain people very very much um but other fucking dogs can fuck right the fuck off Mm -hmm. he's just no so anyway that's just very much the sort of attitude of people that i have discovered in this area barefoot on a snowy day and just sort of letting shit happen without thinking about it at all that seems to sort of be colorado welcome to colorado but hey we have human rights here so <laughs> for now, I can take my trans kid to the eye doctor later today and they understand that though it says one thing on our insurance, it says another thing to his face in the room and they're not going to say anything about it or report me to the attorney general's office for child abuse, which is what would happen in Texas. Yay. Hooray. Fuck. I'm so glad to be here. Anyway. <laughs> hey, do we want to like do a podcast today? I'm, I was waiting. I you know, I didn't. I no, didn't no, wanna... Sometimes you have to steer the ship too, honey. I mean, I know, I know, you're not used to being the top on this show, but sometimes my life is chaos, and fuck? I need a little direction. Okay, I don't know what it is lately, but everybody keeps calling me a bottom, and it's like I really do. I really do top most of the time. I'm sure you do, just not on this show. No, because you're here. <laughs> exactly. You see, it's like that that thing where like I need an adult, but an adultier adult, like an adultier adult than me. You're a top until a toppier top shows up. Right. Yeah. And I like that. (laughs) I feel like that's, that's really, um, that's really flexible of you. That's really like accommodating and, and compromising and like just in the spirit of getting along with people. I don't do any of that. Yeah, I mean so, that's that's my nature. This um, is why we're friends. <laughs> uh, unless you get me at work, I, I I try to be as accommodating as possible when I'm when I'm in work mode. <laughs> uh, anyway, fair, fair, I get it. Okay, hey, shall we intro a show? Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I don't know how much of this shit is getting into the podcast. We'll yeah, find well. out when I edit. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You ready? I'm ready. Yes. You ready? Okay, cool. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and I am scary dog privilege. That's me. 
That's amazing. That's a good intro, Steph. Hey. Uh, Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. I am that homo working that dark magic sexual. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Stephanie, this is Master Cormac describing me at an orgy. And yet I knew him enough to understand he was full of life and vigor and always willing to help those around him. (laughs) Because he did the math, you see. He knew how many hands and how many holes he had. (laughs) It's amazing. I, too, would be angry that that person had died. Yeah, right? I'm upset that I went there with you. Um, that's what I. That's what it's hurting me right now. We either laugh about it or we cry. <sighs> I haven't looked. This particular section of the book um, complicated my relationship with Comac Vitus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, we're gonna it's, talk. It's, yeah. We're gonna talk yeah, about yeah. that. We're gonna talk about that. Um, like I don't. I don't. I, like, we, like we need to have a talk, but I don't know if I want to talk to him right now. It was so funny though when you told me we we're gonna be doing. Uh, by the way, we're doing chapters twelve through fourteen today. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to. Oh that. no, we we'll get to that. We we'll get to that. But I, I told myself, okay, good. We're not gonna get to the chapter where. Uh, uh, Excuse you. What are you about to spoil something? We're not going to get to a chapter where something really terrible happens. And, there you go. And I'm like, oh, no, it's right at the end of this chapter. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Steph's going to love that. I'm surprised I didn't hear any angry uh, text from you this week. You know, Look, when you've been waiting for a shoe to drop, when it drops, you're just kind of like, eh, there it is. Oh, okay, I see. You're At this point, you're just prepared for anything. Fuck it. Or, fuck it. Fuck Hurt it. me. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Do you have anything that you would like to talk about before we get into why we're here today? You know, Steph, what I love, uh, what uh, I love about my new uh, era, um, I don't give a fuck about social media anymore. Oh, do tell. Well, it's just been like I'm. I'm literally watching uh, people I love and respect uh, have meltdown after meltdown and stressing themselves out. And they're telling me in Discord, "Oh my God, you see the scene on Twitter or TikTok or whatever," and I'm like, "No." The whole world's on fire, okay? You can either keep staring at it or just acknowledge, yes, that fire is happening, and then protect your peace a little, and then do what you need to do. It's been on fire for like four fucking years. Baby, it's been on fire for so I mean, it's been a long, bit longer, but it's been really- We didn't start the, 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 the blaze fire. Is, <laughs> we didn't start the fire! It was always burning since the yeah. world's been turning. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But I'm just like, no, I, I haven't watched, I haven't seen your psychodrama on, on social media. I haven't seen your retweets. I haven't watched your video. And yeah, sometimes it's fun to to watch some catty gossip. I love that. Right. I love it when uh, <clears throat> when our mutuals on social medias are like, oh my God, did you see what so-and-so did? Or do you, are you seeing this? I'm like, no, I didn't. Oh my God, why didn't I see that? Oh, they blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and that part's fun. I like That's that hilarious. part. hilarious. But no, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't give a fuck. But um, unfortunately, from time to time, uh, we still have to use social media to do promotions to make sure. Because uh, you know, I I still can't convince people to like join me in one of my social Discord groups. So I still have to like post from time to time. So certain friends of mine know I'm still alive, and I would like to know what they're doing too. Mm-hmm. But you, on the other hand. <laughs> I'm in that shit all day. I know. All day, Heather. Um, y'all, I had <laughs> I had a guy. Chris, I haven't even told you about this. Oh. Um, had, there's there's an old, old video. And by old, I mean like from months ago, from like July, uh, that I made about Kathleen Kennedy. And so because of that South Park episode, suddenly this video about Kathleen Kennedy got a bunch more traffic. And every Weird. now and then people will pop back up on it and be like, Kathleen Kennedy sucks. And I go, what do you mean? Uh 
so that they will continue to comment and, and mansplain to me and thus boost my content and bring more people like them to my comment section. It's a never-ending cycle of self-promotion that I'm using them for. But there was one guy uh, who did not appreciate me asking him what he means, asking him for clarification, and asking him to cite his sources uh, on all of his stated positions about Kathleen Kennedy's utter failure as the president of Lucasfilm. And uh, he didn't appreciate that at all. And so he finally just told me, your voice is miraculously grating. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, like you can't look, y'all, you can't be everybody's cup of tea. You can't be everybody's shot of whiskey. You can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world. And there's always going to be somebody who doesn't fucking like peaches. But what you can be, if you're good enough and smart enough and eat all your vegetables, is someday you can be someone's miracle. (laughs) And I am miraculously grating to a misogynist on the internet. Mm. God, I added like 10 years to my life. Uh, Wes, who's in our chat, because we do live recordings now for our patrons, uh-huh. hey, uh, he says, miraculously grading merch on the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Actually, hold on. I gotta write that down. One sec! Uh-oh. Oh. See what you've done? I've got a dry erase board for Prozac. What is that, Taylor? What is that Taylor Swift lives. song? Look what, look what you made me do. Whatever that is. Look Not a Swiftie, but... made us do... No, wait. That's Blackpink. Oh, yeah. That's Blackpink. Blackpink in your area. This, that, pink venom. This, that, pink venom. Mm, I love that song. Get him, get him, get him. Okay, okay, okay. Um, God, we cannot get on track today. I blame Boomer. She derailed my everything. Well, also, we skipped a week and... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. This is this is post-break chaos. That's what this is. Our poor patrons, those of you who are listening to this on the audio podcast, you're getting the edited version. Yeah. Our poor patrons have been sitting through this for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, 34 minutes and 38 seconds, actually. According to you, according to the timestamp on my audio recording software. Oh, right. So just the recording part has been 20 minutes. There's been another like fucking 14 minutes on the live stream. <laughs> Good times. Wow. It's so much worse than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you have anything else that you would like to uh, um, completely derail about before we talk about why we're here? You know, uh, we have a lot of new listeners, which uh, it's also Spotify Wrapped Week, which is like a fucking holiday for us because we have so many great listeners that listen to our show. Come early, right? But also, we have a lot of fucking reviews, so I'm going to do one because I'd like to bank them. Okay. I feel like. Well, I mean. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah, sure. You do your. Th- I am not here to dictate how you do reviews, other than do not do too many of them because my brain will explode with imposter syndrome. So I should do them all, is what you're saying? If you want me to walk away from the microphone, yes. <laughs> oh, no, don't go anywhere. I love you too much. Okay. Uh, Jesus, where do I go? Where do I go? <laughs> where do I go? You know what? I'll I'll, I'll 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 do this one because it was really cute. Okay. And it was really long. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, speaking of new listeners, Harley, who's a new listener, uh, sent in a really awesome review that I love. Uh, it's kind of, side note, it's always interesting to me that we get a new listener, listens to one of our newer shows, and they go back to our older shows, and they start like sending us messages about the shit we said, I don't know, three years ago. I don't Do fucking not remember re- that. I don't remember no. shit. I but got nothing. I, but over the break, I did listen to a few of our older episodes, and I'm thinking to myself, my God, how far have we come? We were real out of pocket. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were. We didn't know shit. We're I mean, so we, much better now. Ish. Anyway, <laughs> Harley wrote a full five stars. Yay! Much like one of the other reviews you read, I feel that you guys are the greatest Star Wars friends I've ever had. Chris, oh. you are so funny. I will actually laugh out loud when you make some of your jokes. See stuff. Hearing you Somebody's say anything. Hearing you say anything like Jar Jar is the funniest thing ever. Oh, I miss Jar Jar. (laughs) I love the way that you explain technology. And Stephanie, you always have the best headcanons. I love your not-so-clever intro every time. And I love learning about the new creatures. You guys are the friends I've never had. I love the sex jokes, the sidebars. You guys go on about random shit. Makes me laugh so hard. I'm going to level also. I've never listened to a podcast before, but I found the ex- I found the experts you post on TikTok, but now I've listened to the whole thing, and I will be a permanent subscriber. You guys are my favorite Star Wars content creator ever. Please keep Mm. up the good content, and I can't wait to hear what's next. Wow, thanks, Harley. (laughs) That was awesome. I'm fine. See, I uh, accept all of this feedback, and it is positive, and I um, am fine. And we're, uh, uh, and, you know, Silver PG, who's one of our newer patrons that joined the chat, uh, has a uh, milk bottle question mark and yes that is that is also funny and no mo- no more gross than arborio bukaki that's fair that's fair mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. except that you were referring to your actual human body and i was referring to allergies which allergies happen on your human body yeah but inflicted by trees I just, I have too many jokes that are flooding my head right now, and I don't know which direction to take. Um, all right, all right, all right. Let's right. move on. Can we, can we get into why we're here today? Let's do it. Nine million years later. Okay. Uh, so what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. However, uh, there was this whole strike thing that went on, and we started a side project during that time so that we could stand in solidarity with the strikes. And we are reading High Republic books. Specifically today, we are reading Into the Dark, chapters 12 through 14. <clears throat> do you have like a like an intro you would like to do, my dear, my love? Oh, my goodness. Uh all oh right. God. Oh, God. Oh, God. What? what? I'm just saying. I'm just dreading it. Go. Spaced. <laughs> the loss of Dez has devastated the Jedi, but work is left to be done, and the hyperspace lanes have just reopened. <laughs> will the Jedi make wise choices during the aftermath of tragedy, or will things get worse? Ha! Foolish mortals. It's Star Wars. They will always get worse. <laughs> <laughs> we are literally only halfway through the book, okay? Yeah. We have so, so many worse places we could go. Okay, so... Thank you, Heather. That was very nice. Um, <clears throat> last time on the book Space Opera, uh, the dark side is powerful in the abandoned Amaxine space station that is totally not being used by Bind Guild smugglers. The Star War reminded us just who exactly the fuck we are fucking with by saying young adult, schmung adult, and straight up murdering Des Ryden. Uh, everyone has big feelings about the whole mess, and none are so big or messy or concerning as the feelings of Jedi Master of PTSD, Comac Vitus. <laughs> Jedi Master, and he's so, like, out of sorts. Because he's sensitive. I fucking hate that, by the way. Yeah, right. Like, emotional sensitivity is a weakness? Yeah. I don't appreciate that at all. Yeah. Particularly emotional emotional sensitivity in a male character. And that's that's a fatal flaw? Hmm. It's my fucking superpower. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it'll turn around. I'm hoping that it, this is... This is just his process, and right. and this because Comac Vitus does not value his own emotional sensitivity, and I think that that's where this is coming from, maybe uh, because he thinks his value add to the Jedi Order is his logic, and and his and his very like 
structured way of thinking and like no baby it's this incredible sensitivity that you have but somebody told you that it wasn't and that that was bad and so he's fighting it and it's hurting him i have a hard time believing that a jedi master has less emotional intelligence than me because i know because well because i thanks 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 no 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 not you the Jedi Order, not so much famous for their emotional intelligence. Yeah, but we're in the High Republic, and, you know, we got to... as we will talk about in these chapters, still not. Yeah, apparently not. But, like, yeah. remember in Light of the Jedi, there were therapists available. But and... not to the Jedi. That's the thing that, I've, that I'm realizing. Oh, Those wow. therapists were being made available to refugees, to, to victims of disaster, not to the Jedi. So are you saying the Jedi Order... What is it? What is the term? They don't ask for directions. Yeah. <laughs> when they go on a road trip, they're like, we're not going to use GPS. I know where we're going. And I think that's like the hubris just goes all the way back this far, because um, if you find out that the counselor, the Jedi that you're relying on also goes to therapy, that might undermine that person's authority or their ability to or your ability to trust them uh, to to help you manage stuff. Right. Um, and that is a very. That's a very unfortunate school of thought. That is definitely a thing that people think. Personally, uh, I won't go see a therapist who does not also talk to a therapist. Right. No. Like, you cannot, you cannot sit down with me and think you already have the answers and you already have shit figured out. Absolutely not. We need to both be on a journey. If you just try some yoga and put some crystals on your vagina, everything will be fine. Just a a little, a little microdose LSD. (laughs) It'll be fine. Uh, you but too no, can be barefoot in the Colorado. So. But but for those of y'all that are sensitive, be be aware that that is an indication of a major superpower: your ability yeah. to read a bitch from across the room. Yeah. When when I see somebody walk into the room, I just need to watch them for like mm, twenty seconds, and I immediately know their emotional state and whether or not they're an asshole. <laughs> right. And that and, goes a long way. And just just because. Like, and I'm the same way, right? I can read people pretty quickly. Um, and just because your superpower may have been refined in the fires of a traumatic past and the, your ability to read people is because you had to monitor the adults in your life as a child and, and know everything about their emotional state all the time, that doesn't invalidate that power right now. Right. At all. That is still your power that you developed, that is yours, uh, and, and you should use it for good, please. Boom. Please. That's our PSA for the day. Anyway, I'm just, I'm annoyed with the narrative, and I'm hoping it'll change, but I'm annoyed with the narrative that that emotional sensitivity is bad and that the the best way to be, and maybe that's, it, maybe maybe it's a referendum on the Jedi Order because, you know, we're seeing that the, the most effective Jedi in these situations are the ones who are like, bottle that emotion up for later, and by yeah. later, I mean never. So uh, Silver PG in our chat said, ask, uh, so if that's the case, why did things get worse as the Republic aged? Well, we're going to talk about that, too, because I have a theory about that. If what's the case? Uh, why did things get worse for the Republic as it, it got older? Why did the Republic get more fucked up the longer it went? Because everything, uh, everything has a rising and falling action. And if yeah. you do stupid shit, like, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it, actually. I don't want to go. I don't want to spoil yet, but we will. Hey, speaking okay, of, okay, okay, okay. So let's get into it, shall we? Uh, speaking of spoilers, Steph, okay. uh, you mm-hmm. forgot to, uh, you got really upset earlier this week. Oh, why would you do this? <laughs> no, because I, I wanted to talk about it because uh, uh, it, right, right, right. it, it dovetails right into something. I just, again, it's the chaos. So here's the thing, y'all. Some new High Republic books have come out 
Mm-hmm. or something. I don't know, because I'm not looking too deep into it, because I'm currently reading at the very beginning of The High Republic, and I didn't want any spoilers. And if you've been listening to our show for any length of time, you know how I feel about fucking spoilers. Loves if you're go- Because I have to exist on social media all the time, because I'm promoting two podcasts. That's yeah. a, and, and an Etsy shop. Like, I got a lot going on. I am constantly online. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to encounter stuff, but there's a little tiny, tiny tiny thing that you can do as a content creator or as anybody who's existing online in a fandom space. And that's preface anything you have to say about new content with spoiler warning so that I can scroll away. And so if you are out there on the internet in the Star Wars fanosphere and you and I used to be mutuals, but we're not anymore, think back to your recent history And ask yourself, did I post a fucking spoiler about the High Republic? Did I ruin Stephanie's goddamn day because a character in the book she's reading right now apparently dies a horrific High Republic-y death? Yeah, you did. And we're not friends anymore. Boom. Never forgive. Ever. She won't. And and she won't. And she won't. She won't. No. No. Have you talked to your therapist about that, by the way? (laughs) Because I was just told that was unhealthy. I was like, really? Really? I feel like here's. Do we really want to get into how I feel about forgiveness right no, now? Or should no, we get into no, the book? No, all right, we're talking about here. Star Wars. There's no forgiveness. Yeah, <laughs> there um, is no mercy. Anyway, spoilers <laughs> aren't just for visual media. It's not just for shows. It's for fucking books, y'all. And I get that the High Republic reading audience is maybe a small niche group, but we are not all at the same level. We're not all reading the same books at the same time. Like, what the fuck? And it's not just, I'm not talking to just one person, multiple people in, in the Star Wars fandom space fucking spoiled the shit out of some character deaths in, what is it, phase three? I'm is not that saying, where they're at right now? I'm not saying. Well, we're, at, we're on you phase can, three. You can yeah. identify what fucking phase it is. We're, phase we're on phase three. Right. And, yeah. uh, and right now here at Into the Dark, we're reading phase one. Yeah. And, and we've one. already learned that the High Republic is fucking brutal. Like, even for a Star Wars. This is brutal. Um, uh, another. Uh, hey, Andy, I think you're the first time posting here. Um, uh, they say, as we know, Steph is the most forgiving person on the planet. <laughs> That's a person in our chat. And <laughs> Chris doesn't always do the intro on that. <laughs> That's the part I'm going to talk about instead of being read for filth by somebody I don't know. <laughs> in our in our patron chat as we do a live stream of our podcast. No, you're correct. I'm very open about uh, my uh, never forgive, never forget. Never policy. forget. Never. Actually, actually, I do forget because um, of having been generally anesthetized several times. And also, I'm in Colorado now, so there's weed in my life. Uh, and also, I sleep. Bless. So I'll forget things. But I don't forgive. So if you bring somebody up who I have not forgiven, I'm like, no, fuck that bitch. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I just know I don't like her. It's like it gets yeah. imprinted. Anyway, yeah. I have, I have used the line, uh, my podcast partner is not as forgiving as I am uh, to several <laughs> people. Uh, so there's that. Again, I am scary dog privilege. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Uh, we, so what happens in chapter twelve? <laughs> right. So Jesus. <laughs> Y'all, I'm sorry. We took a week off and now we don't know what the fuck we're doing anymore. We're, we're, catching, let's up. Get, we're catching up. Let's get into it, okay? Chapter 12. 
Orla Jereni is on the is in the cockpit of the vessel talking to Leox and Geode. Uh, mm-hmm. They're commiserating over, you know, Desiraiden's horrific and sudden unexpected death. Uh, and the fact that, hey, we need to return to Coruscant now because the hyperspace lanes are partially open. They're open enough for everybody to come home. Right. That's it. Okay. And Orla's like, oh, hey, by the way, side note, little thing that you might want to be aware of. We need to take the creepy dark side tainted statues with us. And Leox is like, uh, what? <laughs> My favorite part is the way it's described. It says, quote, Leox and Geode shared a glance. Yeah. Or or at least Leox glanced at Geode. Orla still found Geode's moods tricky to read. I mean, it's I know I understand it's hard, but nonetheless, Geode was concerned. Yeah. And Leox <laughs> I'm sorry, they just they shared a glance. Sure they did. Sure. Why not? I've just, I, I, I'll glance at stuff all the time. <laughs> Doesn't mean it has to glance back. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they share a glance. And Leox is like, Ugh. so. In his, in his McConaughey-ist way. He's, he's McConaughey-ing real hard in these chapters, by the it, way. Yeah, we, yeah. He gets into some, like, contemplation about, like, spiritual dimensions of different parts of space and stuff. Like, wow. Well, he is, okay, he is smoking spice right now, so, you yeah, know, no. you know. He's, he is smoking spice in the scene and remains stoned, I believe, for the next two chapters. Absolutely. Correct. Okay. So, Leox turns to Orla and he says, quote, let me get this straight. You have identified a source of primordial evil in the universe. So instead of heading to the farthest corner of the galaxy possible, you want to bring it on board. End quote. And Orla's like, yep. Yeah. (laughs) And this is where Leox will learn to say fucking Jedi all the time. Yeah, because that's the Jedi-ish shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What? Yeah, and, and and no one considers the fact that these statues have been here at the station for a very long time. Yeah, centuries. They remain yeah. untouched. Mm-hmm. Maybe leave them the fuck alone. That's not the Jedi way. We don't... We're, that's not the book protagonist way. We don't leave it alone. If we leave it alone, that's a short book. If we left it alone, Des Ryden would still be alive. Are you kidding? Well, no, Des dies either way. <laughs> That's right. He's he's red shirted. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't look like Michael B. Jordan and not get killed off by the Star Wars. God damn it! And that wasn't wow. Did I just say that Star Wars kills off black men? But that's a headcanon. He's not, that's not how he's described. That's just in my brain. Oh man, I created a whole social justice issue with the Star Wars that doesn't exist really. Actually, I'm thinking. No, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah. Because there's not that many of them. Yeah. Women, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's not that many of them either. Oh. Uh, just okay, anyway, just anyway. Padme. God. Okay, so how the fuck are they going to get these dark side tainted statues, which are large, by the way, mm-hmm. off this space station and onto the vessel? Let's find out. Wreath Silas is so excited. Because he's feeling super nerd justified right now. Oh my god. Because he did all these extra credit research projects back at Jedi School about force artifacts. And it's paying off now, baby! Yes! I, I don't know why, but reading this whole part where Reith is like, Yeah, I, did extra, I took extra credit class and learned how to do a ritual where I can suppress the dark side. I uh-huh. got thoroughly annoyed by that, turned off the audiobook, and put on Real Housewives. It was like, fuck you, Reith. 
Because it personally attacked you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Ding. Wraith Silas personally attacks me personally. I was that kid. Like, if there was a subject or a teacher that I really, really liked, I was going to do all the extra credit and then later on be like, yes, I do know how to make an arrowhead from Flint. Let's go. <laughs> like, Because I do. I know how to make an arrowhead. Okay. I learned that in my, in my extra archaeology class I took in sixth grade. You took you had an archaeology class in sixth grade. Yeah, you lived in Texas. They don't believe in science, so how did you get an archaeology? <laughs> well, back then they did. Oh, wow. I mean, this was the early nineties. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm old. Remember, and so are you. So shut up. All right. So Reed Silas is not only excited that he knows things and he gets to use the things that he knows. He's excited that he's the one that gets to do the info dump to the vessel crew about it. Even though Master Comac Vitus, who is an actual Jedi Master archivist expert on the matter, is sitting right there. Well, you know, Comac's a little bit in his head right now and Reed is super yeah. in super social mo- mode and I'm like, ugh. But this is where I start. I start complicating my relationship for Comac because I, I like Comac just fine up to this point. Yeah. But this is where I start liking him a little less um, because this moment feels less like letting the kid learn by teaching, which is the best way to learn anything, frankly, is to teach it. Um, it feels less like letting the, letting Reith learn and more like letting Reith do his job for him. Right. It feels more like, fuck my responsibilities. I have too many big feelings. And so I'm like, come on, man. You are a Jedi Master. And also, that's not your Padawan. Look, Steph, the qualities of a great manager is that you have somebody else do your job for you, and then you take all the credit. Right? Right? Great manager? Oh, I'm, I'm fucking great. I'm wonderful. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna move on. Hey, we're in a capitalist society, so I'm just I'm doing. Just I'm just so doing glad my part. I've never worked for you. No, you be <laughs> fucking glad you don't, because I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you you would fire me immediately. <laughs> I no, am, I will give you. Uh, no, let's talk about your you'd performance. Promote me, actually, you promote me. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like you're in the wrong tier. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, so read this info dumping to the vessel crew, uh, and he explains that that just I'm going to TLDR this because it's a lot. Basically, Force artifacts are classified by the Jedi Order into three categories, okay? Category one, artifacts that contain Force impressions, like memories or personalities of past Force users. Category two, artifacts that enhance a Force user's ability. Or category three, artifacts that hinder or suppress a Force user's ability. Right. Cool. Their best guess, and I want to reiterate, they are guessing guessing they don't know what the fuck's going on here they are guessing their best guess is that the statues on the station are in the first category they contain force impressions Mm. really dark ugly mean panic inducing force impressions but there they are um they say that the, as best they can tell, uh, these statues were placed on the Amaxine station centuries after the station was built, specifically to contain the dark side that is there. Don't know why. They can only speculate. Uh, the statues appear to be meant to keep the dark side already present on the station in check. Maybe. Who knows? Oh. Wow. So what we're going to do is we're going back to what Orla suggested in the beginning, which is to experiment with this whole dark side thing by just taking the fucking statues off the station. Okay. Remember how when we were talking about that, I was like, Leox isn't going to let them do that. Who's going to want those statues on their ship? Well, turns out you don't actually have a lot of say when Jedi decide that they're going to do what they're going to do. I Specifically, you're not going to tell Orla no. You just I mean... 
I, I, I would. I would, but only to provoke reactions. <laughs> no, stop, please. Exactly. Oh, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Okay. And that's with a prearranged safe word. Yeah. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. God. Anyway, all right. So... What are our next steps? Well, Comac Vitas finally decides to fucking join the chat. He's like, we need to move the statues off the station because the dark side that's either on the station or in the statues, I was unclear as the reader at this point, could break free of its containment at any time. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right, Chris, work with me here. Try because this doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. If the concern is that the dark side is going to break out of these statues or perhaps break out of the station, then why not just leave and just and just like put up warning beacons or something on the station or better yet scuttle the fucking thing and blow, just up, blow the it up and leave yeah uh i i believe if des were around that's what des would be suggesting because i think if this was an elzar man mission we'd just be blowing up the station uh well, well first not. elzar would be like hey avar let's go fucking those bushes it's over there it's a really nice garden in there <laughs> god damn it because it's unclear to me if the dark side is in the station or in the statues, this just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. And, like, Comac points out that obviously the station is currently in use by smugglers, so they need to do something about it. But I don't feel, like, it doesn't feel to me like taking the, the safeguards out of the station is the thing to do about it. Uh, but alas, here we are. This is what they're going to do. I feel like after they, like, if we check back in with this station, and again, I have not read ahead, but I feel like if if we check back in with the station after the statues have been removed, shit's bad. It's going to be bad, 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 like fucking event horizon bad. I'm sure everything's going to be going to work out just No, fine. because there are still plants that move when you're not looking at them. Oh, well, I mean, that's on the station. But plants there are, are still the light side, there right? are still tubes to God knows where that may or may not have completely disintegrated a Jedi. Like what? This station is so bad. And if these statues are here, they're here for a reason. If you take them off here, it's going to get so much worse on the station. So scuttle the fucking thing. Yeah. But, this but is, I'm not in the room. So we're, we, we are yeah, we're not in the room. We're not in this galaxy. Otherwise, we'd fix everything. With our logic right? and Obviously, common sense. Yeah. Because we have this, like, you know, God's eye view, third person perspective. Yeah. We have all the information. We're serving know it all realness right now. We are. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's my favorite realness to serve. <laughs> <laughs> Love being right. Okay. So the Jedi plan on using space monk wizard binding ritual magic mm-hmm. to contain the dark side inside the statues and make it safe to have them on board the vessel. Cool. Cool. Wreath again, super excited because he definitely studied that ritual back in school because again, extra credit. Uh, he's like, yay, I get to do a thing. I know how to do. And Comac's like, Oh, I'm going to Debbie downer you and say, it's so good that you know about the ritual. So you know how dangerous it is. Yay. Womp womp wreath. Sorry, buddy. Okay. So then we cut to uh, Orla after that meeting. The meeting disbands. Orla pulls Comac over and plays a best friend privilege card and says, what's wrong with you? (laughs) What the fuck, Comac? Exactly. Because Comac is being a moody bastard and he's handing off his duties as the Jedi Master on call here to a Padawan that ain't even his. Right. And Orla's like, what are you doing? Dez's death was tragic, but like you barely knew him. So what the fuck? (laughs) I know. What the shit, Orla? Goddamn. It's like it's like going on a date with somebody and then it doesn't work out and you're devastated that they don't want to go on a second date. And I'm like, 
You've been on one date with them. One what the date. fuck? Yeah. One date. Yeah. yeah. So Comac is like, yeah, I barely knew Des, but I knew enough to be pissed off that somebody so good and strong and all around awesome who should have had decades more to be bebopping around the galaxy helping people has died. I knew enough to be pissed about that. And Orla's like, yeah, uh-huh, of course. And I can feel the way it's being described that she's talking. There's like a drink your juice, Shelby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going on here. She's like, uh-huh, but um, we're Jedi, so we need to overcome our anger. And Comac says, quote, why? Uh-oh. Why should I overcome it? If I cannot feel anger over the loss of such a life, then I cannot feel anything at all. The Order asks us to excise the deepest parts of ourselves, and for what? So that a young man might die unmourned? End quote. Ding on the Anakin Skywalker red flag counter. Oh my god, yes. I, literally, when I, I I believe when I'm listening to the audiobook, the Imperial March, like, subtle version Ooh. theme is playing. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, that's, that's an Anakin Skywalker red, red flag, but also... Is it, though? Like, does he not have a fucking point? But that's the trap of the dark side I, right I, there. That's the trap of the dark that's side. The and that, I, the when I was listening to the scene, I had that scene in, uh, in Revenge of the Sith and the Opera House where Palpatine mm. says, you know, the Jedi and the Sith are alike in almost every way. And, you know, yeah. I, we, yeah. I, uh, we, we have modernized our... We, I mean, my, me and my therapist, uh, I, I have, I've modernized my take on, on, you know, emotional states. I used to think it was bad to get angry. Right. But it's totally natural to get angry. Absolutely. It's what you do with that anger and how you react mm-hmm. to that anger is what the difference maker. And I think Comac has a point. You can't, you can't not get angry, but you shouldn't be embracing it. And Comac is missing that He's second part. into it. Yeah, he's, he's getting into it. it. He's putting on that black eyeliner, which that's kind of hot. <laughs> it's um, not a phase, mom. Put, um, listening to Ghost, you know. But like, I listen to Ghost. Ghost is actually really happy and upbeat. So uh, for yeah, for us. No, it really is really happy, upbeat music. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I fucking love Ghost. Anyway, so. Um, this is the thing about the dark side is because of so much, so much of the Star Wars that we have seen so far, the dark side is embodied in someone, right? It's Palpatine, it's Maul, it's, you know, it, and so you're being, people are being seduced to the dark side by a person. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing here in Comac is you don't need a person there. The dark side can seduce you all on its own. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it will seduce you into seducing yourself into it and i feel like that's what we're watching happen with comac right now yeah i seduce myself at least five times a day so i can relate <laughs> if y'all would like to see the look of disgust on steph's face you can go to our patreon patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for five bucks a month and it's watch not this disgust it's not disgust it's reevaluating every life choice that led me to this moment <laughs> Okay, moving on. So Orla hears uh, her friend Comac say this shit. And she's like, record scratch. Okay. So um, we overcome our anger to keep ourselves from falling to the dark side? Mm-hmm. You know? That kind of a thing. You know what? It's, it's fine. She realizes that everything going on with Comac right now is about the trauma 
of Master Simix's death, the thing that we watched happen in the 25 years ago flashbacks that keep interrupting the flow of the story, those? It's trauma. <laughs> it's, it's a quarter century worth of trauma. Okay. So Orla is like, hey, buddy, you realize you didn't do anything wrong back then, right? Right. Right? And Comac's like, yeah, I know. But the Jedi Order didn't let me grieve. And so my sorrow didn't have an outlet and that fucking scarred me. Which, according to the Order, is the way it's supposed to work. So this is where we start to see that the Jedi Order is not more enlightened or more emotionally intelligent in the higher Republic era. Yeah. It's actually... It's actually just been this toxic this long. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's so it's, unhealthy. We've talked about this topic for so long in Clone Wars because right. we saw so many examples of it. And it's like... It was a running gag. Like, Anakin needs to go to therapy. But they yeah. all did. Barris needed therapy. Ahsoka needed therapy. Obi-Wan needed therapy. Oh, my Everybody God. Everybody needed fucking therapy. The only one who didn't need therapy was Plo Koon because he's perfect. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Asajj Ventress, she's perfect, too. No, no, <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> she needed therapy, but I just wanted to make her worse. <laughs> I didn't want to fix her. I wanted to make her worse. But anyway, let's get back out of Clone Wars. So back, back over here. Um, High Republic Jedi. It's still, it's still very much like, like your boomer parents. Like they're just, like, you know, don't conceal, don't feel, bottle up those emotions and put them over there because we can't have that. And that's just, and so I think. As much as I'm not, as you know, we were talking earlier about um, the narrative of Comac as an emotionally sensitive person and that being a weakness, that's, it's just magnified in Comac because he is extra sensitive. Um, and, the, and, and so that's, we're able to see that unfold more clearly, but like the Jedi Order has that narrative. Right. Like you're supposed to trust your intuition and have all of this, this sensitivity to the emotional currents of the force and everything, but like don't actually feel any of that. Like, what? It's weird. It's a contradiction, and I don't like it. Uh, the more I learn about the Jedi Order, the more I'm like, really? I think I'm going to go be a smuggler. Right. <laughs> I, hear, I hear scoundrels are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so Orla doesn't really have anything to say to that, and she kind of calls herself a coward in her own head because not following up on this with Comac right now is just a way for her to like push that away and push the Jedi order away and everything. So everybody's, everybody's a fucking mess on yeah. the ship except Geode. Right. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Geode, we're prepping the ship to leave. Mm -hmm. Leox and Geode um, insisted on preparing the cargo bay for the statues themselves. Like this is just for the professionals. Thanks. We don't even, you know, Jedi don't even need to be here for this. We're good. We're good. We got this. Um, and, like, that's because they're smuggling something. <laughs> there are compartments yeah, in there yeah. that they they're don't like, want the Jedi No, no, don't move anything. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of all of it. Hide the, right. hide, hide the drugs. Hide the... <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I'm picturing there are some, like, false panels in there that they need... That they've had, like, crates and stuff on top of. And now they need to move those crates so they got to shift shit around. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Jedi toddle off back onto the station to do their binding ritual. It's legitimately a pretty cool scene. Uh, but I noticed... <laughs> Fucking Wreath. Wreath Silas, teenage boy Wreath Silas, notices on their way to this, to do this ritual, that Comac and Orla seem a little stressed out. Y'all, do you know how fucking redlined you have to be for a teenage boy to notice that you're a little stressed out? Right. Teenage boys, look, I have two of them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're great. These are some of the, the most empathetic teenagers I've ever known. And even them, they're like, <laughs> why are you on fire right now? <laughs> like, what's going on? Because it is the nature of the teenage brain to have your head so far up your own ass that you don't know what else is going on. Right, and that's right. normal. That's normal. Uh, so for Wreath to notice that they might be a little bit stressed out, these people are sweating fucking bullets. <laughs> God damn it. Like It's weird that the Padawan uh, is more centered than the Master's. Because it's easy to be calm, cool, collected, and centered and sleep well at night when you're 15 or however fucking old he is. <laughs> Once you start paying bills, it all falls apart. Once you've got 25 years of repressed trauma that you're processing now all of a sudden because the dark side in a space station and also that kid died on your watch. And like, there's a lot. There's a lot. Okay. Yes. Adult responsibilities fuck you up. Teenagers, they're fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not jealous. <laughs> anyway, the ritual. Okay, there are four statues. Um, and I don't think we had ever had this clearly described before. One is an insectoid being. Another is a human. There's an amphibian and a bird-like being. Oh. Cool. And I like how it's described. Because they, you know, they're like, close your eyes and reach out with the force and sense some shit. And Reed senses the darkness in these statues as like a coldness, a stillness, but not peaceful more like the inertia of the grave i love that yeah ominous as fuck see i i I wrote in my notes that's fucking metal (laughs) the inertia of the grave oh my god (laughs) our next hot new metal track coming out the inertia Mm. of the grave yeah i love that so Comac is doing a bunch of all this like force sensing stuff. And he's like, oh, hey, so the statues are actually bound to each other. They're connected. So we're going to have to bind all of them at once or the bonds will break. And who the fuck knows what will happen then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they circle up, they close their eyes and they envision like a big, like a glowing sphere, a core of warm light side energy. And then they just push that out to encompass the statues. And ta-da, the binding is done. Now we got to get them on the ship. Cool. Yeah. Meanwhile, Affie, this girl, like, here's the thing about about young adult stuff uh, and how I feel, I, I feel like the, the young adult genre is is interesting to apply in a Star Wars because every kid uh, protagonist in a young adult novel thinks that their story is the most important one that's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And really, that should be any character. Um, you know, every villain should be the protagonist in their own story. Um, but it's like it's extra. Uh, because they're young. Right. Uh, so Affy is like, whatever, the, the fucking space wizard monks are doing magic over there. I don't give a shit about that. I'm going to go take pictures of all the smuggler symbols because that's what's <laughs> important to me right now. And she is. Uh, she's taking pictures of them all because she's going to report all of this back to her foster mom, Scoverbine, the leader of the Bind Guild. But then she sees that one of the symbols looks like the head of a bivol. A what? It, uh, yeah. Scover Vine, we find out just now, halfway through this book, is a bivol. Oh. Who knew? A what? So, quick reminder, bivols are a semi-aquatic... Aquatic. I'll come in again. Semi-aquatic. There we go. Fishy-looking people. They have, like, a really high, crested forehead and buggy eyes on the side. Um, the one that I remember the most is uh, Sionver Bowl. 
mm-hmm. uh, the weapons developer and Zillow Beast torturer from the Clone Wars. Yay! Yeah. So that is what Scoverbine is. And so there is a symbol drawn that looks like Scoverbine's head, and Affy realizes, oh shit, the smugglers who were gathering on this station were actually plotting specifically against Scoverbine herself. And I'm like, you mean like your parents, Affy? Your parents, Affy? Wow. So let's reiterate my running theory that Scoverbine found out about the smugglers on this station who were plotting against her specifically, and that some of them were Affy's parents, and she had these plotters killed and is now raising Affy herself out of guilt for making Affy an orphan. Hmm. That's my theory. We will see Hmm. how it goes. We'll see. Meanwhile, Leox is contemplating how fucking weird it is to have cursed statues on board the vessel again, huh? Yeah, and and Geode agrees. Yeah. This whole little chapter is just weird uh, because it's just a little moment in Leox's head. I think he's he, a he's stoned. B, yeah, um, he's thinking about like their past adventures prior to getting Affy on the ship, and I think it's setting up narratively that we're going to be thinking about how Affy joined the ship here in a minute. We'll get to it. But apparently there was a Rodian, and a Rodian wanted to set himself up as a god on a planet, and so he got some cursed statues and got Leox and Geo to transport them. But Leox and Geo are good people. They put a stop to it, but ended up themselves getting worshipped on this planet. So there might be a planet out there called Leoxo. <laughs> I, need, I, I need this story. I need, like, a comic or something. I need the adventures of Leox and Geo. Stat. Oh, absolutely! Please, uh, Disney. Can we get a Disney Plus show of that? I just can I can I vacation on Leoxo because it sounds like it's probably a pretty chill place. Yeah, lots of drugs. Go figure. <laughs> so many drugs. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got to Nan and Reith. They're saying their goodbyes, uh, and Nan seems to be a little awkward about it. And Reith is like, "Oh no." She might have thought that all that flirting I've been doing this whole time was some kind of romantic interest that I was showing in her. Fucking Jedi. I just... Give this this kid 10 years. 10 years, and he will be a nerdy Elzar man. Mm. Mm. He will be... He he is the precursor to Obi-Wan Kenobi, the fucking flirty-ass Jedi of of the, the future era. Yeah, no, this is Jedi flirt. That's just canon. Can I tell you the worst thing about this scene? Tell me. To me. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me to connect with this at all. They played Across the Stars uh, <laughs> in the background. <laughs> no, they this. did Yeah, not. they did. They did. They did. Love theme. Love theme from Star Wars. That one? Yeah. <laughs> no. Audiobook failure because this is not this is not a love moment come yeah, on and you have like I, I i don't i'm sorry narrator person i don't like nan's voice so it's like oh you're gonna leave oh! and then there's this like this romantic romantic music in the background and reef just being socially awkward and i'm like can we can we skip this now and just skip ahead real quick 15 we seconds. can't we can't though because here's the thing here's the thing Chris, people with annoying voices can have love too, okay? What, the <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Mister? I can't I can stand, stand the sound of your voice! <laughs> Good times. Okay, okay. So, Reith is trying to be nice about like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like you like that, because I'm a Jedi, we don't do that. Anyway, so yeah. he's like, it was really nice meeting you. I'm sure our paths will cross again someday. And Nan mutters to herself, Paths will cross. 
because she's a Nihil. I don't know what you're talking about, Steph. She's a goddamn Nihil with the paths and the path engines and Martian Rowe's whole, like, here's the paths. You can use the paths to cut across the whole space thing. And we know when they pulled up to this part of space, there was like a red flash in the hyperspace lane, which means that there was a Nihil ship with a path engine in the area. And the description of Nan's ship sound an awful lot like a fucking Nihil ship. She's a Nihil. She's a Nihil. Mm -hmm. And, and, and more. Okay, so the conversation continues, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, quote, you saved me from being kidnapped. That means you're responsible for returning me to my people. I don't take that lightly. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Any Jedi would have. And she says, it wasn't any Jedi. It was you. And I will tell them so. And that sounds to me an awful lot like when Martian Ro tells me to kill all the Jedi, I'm gonna let you live. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway. But I don't, I don't think Dan's the Nihil at all. She's a Nihil. This is, this is my theory. This is my, th- again, I have looked up nothing. I have not read ahead because I don't want spoilers at all, ever. And I'll, oh, I'm still mad about it. Anyway, Wreath Silas's name specifically is about to be known among the Nihil. And like, that cannot be good. Uh, just, probably not. Just saying that's not a good thing. Anyway, then she like, smiles all pretty at him and she's like thanks for telling me so much about the republic and the jedi (laughs) thanks for spilling all that sweet sweet intel you stupid boy (laughs) 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 anyway he's like you're welcome whatever they part ways they do some lingering looks and wreath silas gets a feeling from the force that they are definitely going to see each other again and I'm like, yeah, honey, when the Nihil Raiders come to kill you. That's why. God, you're so you're so dark right now. <laughs> anyway, we're an hour into this podcast episode. That was just chapter 12. Yeah. Well, chapter we're 13. Terrible. Chapter 13 is the most useless book chapter I've read in the High Republic. <laughs> so I wouldn't mind breezing through it because I don't know right. why it, fu- it fucking exists. I really, right, right, I really don't. Let's accelerate through this. Okay, chapter 13. Leox is like, I'm trying to plot the hyperspace trip out of here, but even though the lanes are open, it's still really dangerous. Yeah. Like, there's debris on there, the road and stuff. There is debris, and they have to switch tra- trajectories a lot midway, and it's very dangerous. Luckily, right. Geode... Luckily. <laughs> Geode has already triangulated the vortices, and I would See? like to... I would like to point out. Triangulate the vortices? Yeah. Has that serves some really strong Star Trek reverse the polarity of something vibes? That's exactly what I thought of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just say some shit. It's not real science. Who gives a fuck? Triangulate some vortices or whatever. Reverse the polarity of something. That'll fix it. Spinning. That's a good trick. Like I don't. Who cares? Yeah, and, and side note: people that complain and always try to like fight between Star Wars, Star Trek. It's all ridiculous. Sci-fi. It's all the same. Yeah, Shut the fuck up. A, yeah, and enjoy it's, yourself. Do you want space wizards or do you want a, a ideal money-free society? Like, those are your choices. <laughs> I want... Can I have both, please, Pop? No, you No, cannot. it's one or the other. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Geode has the good manners to not point out to Leox that he already got that done. And Correct. that Leox should have did it and stuff. And like, okay, okay. So, here's the next stage of my Geode-volution. <laughs> The way this character is written is genius and should be studied in creative writing classes. I know. Because the character himself does nothing. Literally, he's a gray rock. He's a rock. He's a rock. What are you talking about? But the way it's written around this character, it's the weather rock thing. Like, 
of course Geode already did it because the thing has already been done. Like, it's he already triangulated the vortices. Well, he did it. He did it. It's done. He did it. He did it. He did the thing. And of course he's exchanging looks. And of course he has, he's expressing emotions. And of course he's, he's available for people to cry on and stuff. All of that is being described around him without ever actually describing the character doing a thing. And without the character actually ever saying a word, he is a vibrant and, and present entity in the story. Right. That's brilliant. Somebody send Claudia Gray a fucking cookie bouquet or something because that's brilliant. I'm still not sold. Oh, but that's brilliant. Oh, you will be. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, um, so the ship is now full of cursed evil statues right next to all of their smuggling compartments. Cool. They're about ready to go. They just need Affy. Affy stomps in because she's teenage girling. But legit, there's some legitimately stressful shit going on. And Leox is like fine with letting her give him the mostly silent treatment because, (laughs) quote, any conversation was going to loop back to her asking the wrong questions about him holding back the answers she wasn't ready to hear. Yep. What does he know? What does he know? Uh, Leox probably knows where some of the the bodies are buried, so to speak, with the the bind guild. I she think he want knows. To hear it. I think he knows about Affy's parents. Oof, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, they finally leave the goddamn space station. Hyperspace is rough. It's like turbulence in space and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Leox looks out the window and he describes the color of the hyperspace as being blue. So yay, no path engine. Uh, shimmering. And there's no path engine because Nana and Hague are still repairing her ship. <laughs> anyway, uh, the hyperspace is blue and shimmering, almost alive and angry. Hyperspace is pissed. Hyperspace got hurt. Well, it got fucked with, yeah. Yeah. Orla and Comac are talking about the reversing polarity hyperspace bullshit. Orla ponders Wreath, who has been sent to his room to fucking write up a report about the whole thing. Um, she's kind of side-eyeing Comac. It's a whole thing. Um, and then she's like, it's, it gets choppy in the ride. And she's like, hey, Comac, do you think, do you think if the statues fall over and break, the evil that's trapped inside will get out? Huh. <laughs> Would have been nice to have thought about that, you know, before you... I'm just saying, do we not have bubble wrap? <laughs> galaxy far, far away. <laughs> what the fuck? And I, I'm, I can't decide if that should be, that question should be dinged on the listen to Dez counter or on the does not realize he's in a Star War counter. Because like, don't put that out into the galaxy because it will come back to you. Mm. What the fuck? I don't, I don't know if it'll happen, but I seriously feel like she just jinxed them. Well, we'll see. Uh, meanwhile, Affie is contemplating the really lengthy description about how she got to be on the vessel in the first place. Um, it's a lot. So, hey, highlights. Uh, she has been trained up since the age of 14 to be Scovervine's right hand someday. She got bounced around from ship to ship to ship in the guild. Uh, people were not thrilled about having the boss's daughter underfoot. Yeah. Uh, until she finally got sent to the vessel, which is the smallest ship on the fleet. And, quote, Geode was the first individual Affy had felt truly welcomed by in far too long. She trusted him immediately. And look, me too. I, I trust the rock too. God damn it. Uh-huh. Shut up. <laughs> Leox and his spice sticks and his beads and his unbuttoned <laughs> shirts and everything took some getting used to. Um, but they were having a chat at one some point in the past. And by the way, it is not super clearly written that this chat is happening in the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And not currently. So that's a little 
timey-wimey in this moment. They were having a chat, uh, and and she's like, why would Scover send me to your ship? And Leox is like, because you're safe with me? And she's like, what do you mean? And Leox says, and I want to read this because this is beautiful. Leox says, quote, I have been born blessedly free of the passionate fevers that seize so many beings. I possess no desire to reproduce nor, and more to the point, any desire to perform the actions of reproduction with no generative goal in mind. So he's ace. Yeah. <laughs> he's asexual. Yeah, and I love oh, that. I love I've, that. I've, and that's why it's safe to send your teenage girl to that ship. So Leox is ace, and Geode won't have his next mating smelt for like nine more years. <laughs> mating smelt. This implies that in order for Vintians to mate, they have to melt. They have to like get into a lava pit or something and melt together. Yeah. And I just think that's beautiful. <laughs> they need the extra equipment to get it on, you know? But there's nothing wrong right. with that. Sure, yeah. It's the, you need, like, a really nice crucible, I guess. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I will gladly cuddle with Leox. <laughs> gladly, gladly. Yeah. What a fucking sweetheart. Anyway, Leox is her best friend. So by the time she's done remembering all of these things, she's forgiven him and, and they're fine again. Okay. Meanwhile. The, uh, Re- the <laughs> ancient ginger in our chat, because we're recording this live. Hello. They say, hey. they say, things get hot. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I have, I have all the, all the hot sex jokes with Geo now. Like literally hot. Like literally hot. Like li- hot enough That's to hot. melt stone. Yeah. yeah. That's so hot. He's so hot right it's now. It's like melting in your mouth. Oh my God. Okay, so uh, they're fine. Meanwhile, Wreath, in his room, he delivers a heartbreaking report to Master Joramali. Oh, good. It's all about the stuff that he's done and that he's learned, but ultimately he is making his case for not being out in the fucking frontier anymore. Yeah, because he's did everything she wanted him to do. Yeah, he had some adventures, skinned his knees, everything's fucking, I come home now. Des is dead, yeah. Well, yeah, because he says, quote, Please just consider, Master, not only did the hyperspace disaster trap both of us in separate parts of the galaxy, separating us for days, but this mission also cost Des Ryden his life. I know you feel his loss even more than I do. Des had more experience, more skill, more, well, almost more everything than me, more than almost anyone, and he still died because there are threats out here that we don't know about. And this finally checks the final box I had on Reef's uh, God, You're an Annoying Student uh, list. <laughs> Can I get that credit for the class early? Because I did all my work before it was due. <laughs> I fast-tracked through all the emotional trauma. Can I be done now? He's, he's literally that kid. It's like, you you know, when you get assigned a novel in class, it's like, okay, class, we're going to read this book this month. So we're mm-hmm. going to do stuff every week and, you know, we'll read together, blah, blah, blah. And then the kid comes the next day. Oh, I read the whole book already. And here's my entire report on it. Can I be done? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And anyway, he deletes that entire message. He's never going to send that uh, because it was really more about venting and getting his thoughts in order than anything else. Uh, But hyperspace is winding down. They're going to be getting to their destination. Cool. He goes out into the ship. No, there's a distress signal. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, they're, and they're the only ones anywhere nearby that can possibly answer it. And Comac is like, so fucking answer it. Because this is what happens when you have Jedi on board. They take over your ship. And they don't even ask nicely about it. They just assume that that's what they should do. There's a reason Jedi are not super loved all the time. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, 
I want to go to Coruscant. I want to take a shower. I want to eat some good food. I want to go to that droid sex shop that everybody keeps raving about. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to drop out of hyperspace early and help a, sh- a ship that's on fucking fire and on it- fucking fire on fire. Yeah, in space. Yeah, because in the galaxy far, far away, things burn in yeah, space. That's right. Where there's no oxygen. Yeah, sure. You can also hear explosions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people bitch about the physics. Like, toxic fans will be like, um, that's not how that works. If you get stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber, you should just die. Like, you know what? The physics, the science, the medicine, all of it works how it needs to work for the story, honey bear. And if you can't embrace that, you need to get out of the Star Wars. Yeah. I literally don't just, understand why, like, if you're, you know, if you're if you're constantly making social media posts and, and videos criticizing... Star Wars, look, I know why you're really doing that. You just want the fucking engagement so you don't give a fuck about hurting other people's feelings. By the right. way, fuck you for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but stop watching fucking Star Wars then. Yeah. Like, be courageous and stop fucking watching. Shut stop the fuck up and stop watching. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah, fuck off. Like, Move on. Don't, don't make it now your crusade to go out on the internet and convince other people to not like the thing that they're liking. Yeah. That's called toxic. When exactly. you are poisoning it for other people, that's toxic behavior. Yeah, shut the fuck up and move on. Enjoy life. There's so much to there's so much to embrace and celebrate. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, they um, pull out of space, out of hyperspace, and they find a giant fucking ship, and it's on fire. Uh, it's bad. It's so bad. And Comac is like, "Cool, Leox, find an airlock. We're gonna dock with it." And Affy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The ship about? is on fire. Hello. On fire. And Wreath says, quote, people inside are in trouble. Nobody else is around. So it's our job to get them out. God damn it. I love him. I know. I love Jedi. As annoying as all of this, this fucking emotional shit with the Jedi Order is, this is what Jedi fucking do. And this kid was just thinking about how much he fucking hates adventuring and how the jedi have no fucking business being this far out in the galaxy but here he's not even hesitating he's like yeah we're gonna go help him what love it so that's what jedi do that's what heroes do yeah i guess no not guess it's what they do look at them they're doing it yeah i know i know so yeah they all jump it they all jump into the ship ship's still on fire everywhere Hold on chapter 14 oh right <laughs> because there was this weird not quite transition that happened where yeah, cha- it was the even, end of chapter thirteen was that, and it, then chapter fourteen. Is- so they generally like like slow down the music and do and go like chapter fourteen or whatever. Uh, right. Uh, it kind of just skipped that part. I don't know. I the the audiobook production for this book and 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 generally all the young adult books is just not as good as the adult books. Which and, is a crying shame. And so there's quality issues sometimes. Yeah. Okay, chapter 14, uh, they have found the Journeyman, which is a uh, personnel carrier, passenger vessel. It's got about 300 souls on board. Uh, and <laughs> oh, great. Apparently, not less than that now, um, but uh, they hit some space debris in hyperspace and now shit's on fire. So they dock and everybody goes to their separate areas of what they're going to do. Orla went up to the upper level. She's going to, she's already getting her people out, right? We are in Comac's head. And here's the thing. This is why my relationship with Comac is so complicated because he's kind of being a pain in the ass and a moody bastard. But when he's on, he's fucking on. Like, he steps up and he's the Jedi Master, right? He's like tearing through the burning, smoke-filled hallways. And he finds a really big room. It's full of about 200 people in a fucking panic because they can't get to the escape pods. Some debris has fallen. It's broken. They can't get to it. Comac puts on his Jedi Master voice. 
which is nice. <laughs> and like even in the book, I can't hear him. But remember that in my mind, this is Oded Fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he puts on he puts on like his Jedi Master voice, his commanding voice, and he calms the crowd, and then he cuts through all the debris. And he fixes the blast doors so everybody can file out to the escape pods. And he does it just by being being in charge of stuff and like ding for the competency boner for Jedi Master. <laughs> that works for me. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he ends up having to evacuate in the pods with them. There's no way for him to get out of here. Everything's on fire. Cool. The vessel needs to leave asap because the ship's going to explode. Yeah. They're just they're just waiting on Wreath at this point, right? So what's Wreath doing? <laughs> reef is rescuing a baby not <laughs> just any baby not just any baby <laughs> it's a wookie baby <laughs> so it's a big baby with claws uh and so <laughs> she's just clinging to him and he's like normally Rescuing a baby from a burning ship would be heroic. Nobody mentions how fucking awkward it is. And how painful <laughs> like, because that's a Wookiee with claws. Yeah. That shit hurts. She, he like pats her on the head to, to reassure her. She tries to pat him on the head back, but again, claws rips out his Padawan braid by the roots. Ooh. And then pops it in her mouth and starts chewing on it. Yep. So. That's what you do. Um, uh, side note, do you know what I had uh, in my head this whole scene? What? Um, that horrible Wookiee sound that I think Lumpy makes. <laughs> Lumpawarump. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> From the holiday special. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so imagine that Wreath has that in his ear and he's running through burning hallways and he gets his, his only route back to the fucking airlock to get onto the vessel is ablaze. Yeah. Full of fucking fire. And this kid, he looks at it and he just... Force intuitions himself a whole new power. It says, quote, balancing the baby Wookiee on one hip, Wreath freed one hand, stretched it out, and closed his eyes. With all the might of the Force, he concentrated on the flames and smoke for one brief moment. That moment was long enough for Wreath to dash through with the Wookiee leaping through the airlock and into the vessel. He just moved the fire out of the way. What a Mary Sue. I know, right? <laughs> nobody, nobody ever taught him how to do that, and he could just fucking do it. Whatever. He didn't even like train for that for like years. He just suddenly does it. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I, I need a training montage on Wreath Silence for fire suppression, or I'm not going to believe this happened. Right? Because if he was a girl Jedi, that's what we would be hearing. But the kind of people who would say that would not have read this far into the book. They so. don't read. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> anyway, I'm so proud of my adopted son, Wreath Silas. He did such a good job. The vessel leaves literally seconds before the journeyman explodes. Hooray. Orla wanders into where Wreath is with the baby, and she's like, oh, what have I got here? And the baby's like, oh, thank God, someone maternal. Yeah. And <laughs> like, Orla is very maternal. She is, strangely enough. Uh, and so the baby's like crawls over to her and, and Wreath wanders off as he hears Orla go, what is in your mouth? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a Padawan braid. <laughs> With blood on it, I assume. It's a chew toy. Oh. Um, yeah, right, because it got ripped out of his scalp. Anyway, everything's actually looking up. Everybody, they, they got everybody off the ship that they could that was still alive. Awesome. Good job. Um, there's all these escape, escape pods floating around and everything. They even find this Wookiee baby's parents apparently out there with Comac. Everything's getting better. 
everything's going great. Except Comac has to fucking Eeyore it up and be like, thank the force. We've seen enough of death. Hashtag Debbie Downer. Right. And Reith is like, oh, Des died. Good feelings gone. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Comac. You just want to make everybody feel as bad as you do. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so we're finally on fucking Coruscant. Yay. Comac requested a meeting with the Jedi Council. Didn't expect to get it, but they did. Yeah. Immediately. And he didn't even stop to take a shower. <laughs> I know. I had this mental image of him just covered in, like, soot and and yeah. and dirt and probably blood. Uh, and they were like, oh, hello, Master Jedi. And and right. at typical Jedi Council, they are understanding, compassionate, ask what's wrong. Um, <sighs> anyway. So only two of the Jedi Council were available on such short notice. Master Adampo and Master Rosasan. I have no, I have no idea if they're going to be important later, so I didn't fucking look up any more information. <laughs> he tells them about Des Ryden's death. And it's just the facts. He's just reciting the facts of what happened. But internally, in his mind, he's thinking, quote, It all sounded very dry and official and correct. Even a droid might have spoken with more emotion. This was, of course, as it should be. Yet the voice inside his head, the one he tried not to listen to, the one that spoke more and more often, demanded, Why should it be a virtue to hide your feelings, to pretend that they don't exist? End quote. This is while he's talking to the Jedi Council. And do the and I'm sure the the masters on the council were uh, fully in tune with the force and sensed the conflict mm-hmm, within him mm-hmm, and said mm-hmm. something. No, no, they did they not. not. They did not at all. Uh, and so, yeah, the council members are very Jedi about the whole thing, and it's infuriating to Comac. He's so pissed, and he can't even remember why Orla said that he shouldn't be anymore. So again, ding on the Anakin Skywalker red flag counter. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, this cool. whole scene. Yeah. So, uh, Affy is flipping through Coruscant transport logs looking for signs that her foster mother, Scoverbine, may have survived. Yay! Uh, Leox and Geode are there. Leox is contemplating that their trip out to the space station will make really good storytelling with the other guild captains. Mm-hmm. And Affy's like, dude, somebody died. <laughs> and Leox is like, yeah, tragedy makes a good story. It's true. <laughs> And Affie's like, okay, whatever, because she knows that Leox actually does care about what happened with Dez. And, quote, besides, Geode was already giving him the death glare. No point in piling on. See? What does Geode's death glare look like exactly? It looks like it when that, that look you give me when I piss you off. Yeah. What is that look comprised of when it's on me? <laughs> Is it my eyes? Maybe a face? You know, it's more of a, you, you get the waves of energy, of like intensity. It's a vibe. It's the it's vibe. A vibe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Geode is vibing a death glare. Right. At Leox for being insensitive. Okay. Well, you know. They are coming through all of these logs. They do finally spot one in the logs that is marked as a, a guild ship that was rerouted under Express Guild Authority. Mm-hmm. The only Express Guild Authority there is, is Scoverbine herself. Snap. So, hey, she lived. I love that. Yay, cool. I'm glad Affie got to find out somebody she loves lived. That won't lead to heartache. Let's keep going. It'll be fine. Orla is escorting the evil statues off the ship and into the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Uh, The binding ritual held. Good job there. The statues didn't break. Um, So what the fuck other shoe is about to drop is what I want to know. And then we find out about where she's taking the statues. 
Oh yeah, let's go back to the fact that the Jedi Temple was built on a virgins of the forest that was originally established by the fucking Sith Empire. Yeah. There's a goddamn Sith Temple built underneath, or a collapsed one rather, built underneath the Jedi Temple. Yeah, it's called the Shrine in the Depths. And I gotta wonder just how deep we're talking about here, because she describes this as like carved stone. And stuff. And like the Jedi Temple sits at the highest level of Coruscant. We are thousands of levels up. So, how deep are we going here? We're going deep. Like planet surface deep? It sounds thousands like of it. levels down deep? I don't know. That seems. Th- and this might be just one of those liminal spaces where it's just like, I don't know, man, it's fucking spooky. Go with it. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Um, it is super old. Look, it is not common knowledge that the Jedi Temple is sitting on top of a Sith shrine. That's not something that people know. But, Chris, do you know anything about Virgences of the Force? Well, yeah. I mean, Anakin was a Virgence in the Force, right? Is he, though? Oh. I think this is the first time I've actually heard the term Virgence in the Force explicitly stated. So, so just like, uh, so, you know, you have Cosmic Force and... and, and Real for I don't fucking know the layers of. I would reality. think I would think Mortis is a virgins of the Force, like the virgins of the Force. The Force has uh, kind of like chi has flows of energy, and at some points the flows of the Force kind of intersect to each other, creating a powerful virgins or a node, if you will. And mm. a Force sensitive person can use this to uh, enhance their powers do some really cool force shit. It's a very valuable thing, and it can't be, like, made artificially. It happens naturally. Right. Mm. And, yeah, for according to the book and uh, according to Legends lore as well, the Sith Empire and the Jedi Order would fucking go to war over different virgences of the Force. Right. And, like, it's clear who won this particular one. Uh, yeah. But it was... Which is... Uh, that's th- ugly. Yeah. Yeah. But did yeah. they though? Because according to according to Legends books, Palpatine ends up using this mm-hmm. as a way to slowly corrupt the Jedi Order on, at the cosmic level. Yeah, the call's coming from inside the house, y'all. Yeah, it's been it's in the fucking basement. And this is why one of the reasons why the Republic fucking fell apart because you build um, your shit on corrupt shit, you're going to get corrupt eventually. So this is like Poltergeist. Like they built the house <laughs> on top of of an old cemetery. I love that when when. <laughs> Palpatine getting uh, nominated they to the Senate. They didn't move the bodies. They only moved the headstones. No. But Palpatine getting nominated for Senator Naboo and, and somebody in Jedi Order says, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> this house is clear. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, apparently the plan is to take these super evil statues down into the Sith Shrine underneath the Jedi Temple, because that's where the Virgins of the Force is. So what they're going to do is crack the statues open and let the evil out and dissipate it out into the Virgins of the Force, like dumping your piss pot into the sewer. Oh. Like this is, they're flushing it. It's going to go out and it's be like dissipated, fl- essentially. It's, and like, cool, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing, nothing. This will be fine. <sighs> Reed Silas takes the baby Wookiee to be reunited with her parents. Aww. Uh, this is at a space dock infirmary. Which I, fi- I picture like an urgent care. Yeah. It's just a little clinic. It's an infirmary. Like, it's a first aid kit that's a building. But when he gets there, the parents are very, very happy. 
Um, It says, quote, he submitted to thanks, hugging, and even some grooming before leaving the reunited family happy together. I love that description. And that's so cute. Something is about to hurt us real bad. I don't know what you're talking about, Steph. No, the Star Wars doesn't give you cute shit like this if it's not about to fucking hurt you. Okay? Everything adorable going on with the Ewoks. I I learned this early, okay? Um, In Return of the Jedi. Oh, look, the Ewoks, they're so cute. Everything. There's going to be a life or death struggle with fucking fathers and sons up in space. That's how this, that's how the Star Wars works. Okay? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's going to, well, let's, let's keep reading, shall we? Okay. (laughs) Let's keep moving forward. So he looks around this infirmary after he's handed the baby off and presumably combed his hair back into place. Uh, And the infirmary is completely overcrowded with all of the wounded people from the journeyman, the people that they just rescued. And he kind of wonders aloud, like, why are they not in a hospital? And a droid is bebopping by and is like, oh, every hospital on Coruscant is already completely at capacity because of the hyperspace disaster. Yeah, because there are emergencies coming out of nowhere, destroying ships and entire fucking planets. So how about that? And there's, there's got to be, like, half-wrecked ships full of hurt people staggering into Coruscant every minute of every day. Right. Because especially now that that the lanes are open enough for people to come back home, come back to the core, yeah, the, everybody who got hurt out there during the, the initial disaster is, are just now filtering back to Coruscant. So, yeah, everything's, everything's crowded. All the hospitals are fucking crowded. And God bless this kid. He immediately just starts helping. Yeah. He's checking on people. He's fetching them water. He's answering questions as best he can. He's generally being fucking amazing. Going around this infirmary and helping out people. To the point where a droid actually cruises by him and is like, hey, do you need anything? Right. You need like any medical attention or anything? And Reith is like, no, I'm fine. Actually, hey, though, do you have access to the medical records from the Starlight Beacon? Because that's where his master is. Yeah. And he wants he wants to know if his master's okay. And so the droid's like, yeah, no, my records get updated every half a day. What do you want to know? He's like, cool. Is there any word if Master Jorah Mali was injured in the hyperspace disaster? Right. And the droid says, quote, Master Jorah Mali was never brought to the Starlight Infirmary. That's great. That's great. She's fine. She's great. She's fine. Reith is like smiling. He's like, that's awesome. But wait, there's more. The droid continues and says, she was killed in the battle against the Nihil. Oops. Um, Report As reported by Jedi Master Skree. Skier. Skier. But yes. So, Wreath's mind instantly goes into denial. Mm-hmm. Like trying to, no, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't, that's not what was just said. But it's also logically counterpointing all of that. No, that is actually what you just heard. That is what he just said. And he said it was, the droid said that it was Master Skier who reported her death and Skier would not fucking lie about that. Nope. And so the droid toddles off and Wreath just has to lean against a wall. And it says, quote, breath wouldn't enter his lungs. His eyes wouldn't focus. His ears refused to make any sense of the sounds surrounding him. He was nothing but his pulse and breath and the horrible knowledge that Master Jorah was gone. And this is where I'd like to introduce a new counter. Huh. I was going to wait, but I don't think we're going to get to the books. And I would like to broaden the definition of this particular counter to mean any sudden shocking death of a character that we love, especially a Force user. Boom, you just got leveled. What? You'll find out later. That's for my High Republic nerds. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, 
yeah, so I was literally talking to uh, my partner this week and was like, you know, that's the end of chapter 14, by the way. Yeah, that's the end of chapter 14. I was thinking to myself, I don't think there's any traumatic parts in this part of the book, which is great. I just want something fun and easy to talk to Steph with. Then I get to this part at the very end, and I'm like, fuck, I forgot about this. I forgot this is when no. Um, no. he finds out, and uh, it's so fucked up, and, like, my God. And that's the thing, is that you were expecting me to be enraged by this. No, I've been waiting for this. Oh, yeah. no. Since once, we started this book. I knew, when, I knew once Des died, you were ready for every, no, anything and everything. I've been waiting for this because I've known since the last book that she's dead. Oh, I, just, I see what I you're would, saying. Yeah, like that's her Padawan. She died in the last book, so I've just been waiting for him to find out. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't thought about this book in a very long time. I could have sworn this happened at the end of the book and not at this point, but now mm. it's like, oh yeah, of course, because of other stuff that happened. So no, I. And of course, we were. We talked about this. We talked about Light of the Jedi. The timelines for the different things were kind of all over the place. We were jumping between different character stories. Some things happened a couple days after the hyperspace disaster. Some happened the day after. Yeah. And we were just kind of like very confused by it. I'm, I'm given to understand that Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze has an entire ass spreadsheet that he made just to try and figure out the timeline of events in the High Republic. So Yeah. And that's, you know what? I uh, Congratulations. Yep. Uh, that is a level of nerd to which I have never aspired. <laughs> or wanted to. <laughs> but but good job. No, uh, but that's really cool. But that also lets you know how kind of fucking, fucking crazy uh, the timelines in these books are. But but no, I've, I've been waiting for him to find out that his master is dead. Mm-hmm. So this I wasn't expecting it right now. It, it kind of, but I should have been expecting it because it's it was so cute. All the Wookie baby shit was so cute. It's like I oh, know something's gonna happen, something awful. And since we're safely back on course, probably not the tragic death of someone. Oh wait, it's just the reveal of the tragic death of someone. She's been dead for a hot minute. Yeah, and nobody told him. No, that was the thing on my notes in all caps. Why the fuck did nobody pull him aside and tell him or call? Why him? is he just now finding out about this from a droid in an infirmary? Yikes! And yeah, that was a, and that was a sensitive thing. Oh no, no, she's she's not in the hospital. She's dead because she died. <laughs> she got incinerated. No. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I think that also speaks to like the disaster situation that is going on right now. Like Comac is reporting to the council right now, and because the the adult Jedi in his sphere, who would be the only ones that could have told him, one's in a, count, a meeting with the council, and the other is transporting evil statues into a Sith shrine. <laughs> so they're busy. They might not even know she's dead yet. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see a scene when we read the next chapter where he, Reef, is the one who tells them. Which makes me wonder which one of those two are going to be adopting him as their Padawan. Well, we'll have to find out. I'm hoping for Orla. Well, for she's Reef's a, sake. Yeah, but she's going wayfinding. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but Comac's in a weird place right now. Yeah, that, yeah, that I would prefer, I know, I agree with you, I prefer Orla, or somebody not Comac, but, you know. Anybody about Comac? Anybody else? Anybody? 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 Leox. Leox, could you? Geode! Geode would be the best. (laughs) Geode! Yeah. Geode, adopt this child. Okay, anyway, um, so do you have anything else for uh, Into the Dark, chapters 12 through 14? No. Cool. So the next time, everybody, we will be starting with chapter 15. I do not know how many we'll read. We'll let you know. Okay? Okay. 
Cool. So are we we done here then? We're done. We're done. All right. Let's do an outro. You ready? You want to do an outro? I'm ready. I'm ready. Cool. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed the music at the top of the episode, you absolutely should. That was a gift to the show from one of our listeners by the name of Chorlesy. Just a quick note. He has his first single, because he is a recording artist, an up-and-coming recording artist. His first single, Rosalie, will be released on December 8th. You can find him on social medias as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. He will have links and sneak peeks to all of that on his socials and stuff. If you want to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. You can find us on facebook instagram uh, the artist formerly known as twitter and tiktok as at dark side divas and that's december 8 2023 and i have to point that out because our show is okay. apparently over three years old and it's been blowing my mind recently i don't know why um <laughs> well because people could go back and listen to the show a year later uh so everybody if you haven't done so already please subscribe to our podcast you can find our <laughs> podcast on pretty much any fucking podcast platform you'd like to use leave a review tell your friends about us we would love to grow our audience we do have a oh, swag yeah. store, by the way, redbubble.com forward slash official divas, where you can buy uh, T-shirts, mugs, stickers of our logos and the funny shit that we say. We mm-hmm. are generally insufferable. I believe that was one of them. Literally. Literally insufferable. insufferable so mm-hmm. FYI. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, uh, Dark Side Divas. Uh, just do a search for Dark Side Divas. And you'll find a YouTube channel. Subscribe there. We're doing Baldur's Gate playthroughs together. Um, we're going to be doing more Unleashed episodes very, very soon. Uh, mm-hmm. One, I'll have an important, important announcement about uh, in, uh, in our Patreon, which, by the way, we do Ooh. have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast for five bucks a month. You can get video unedited versions of our episodes. We do record them live so you can interact with us live. Also, we do special events through our Discord. Yes. All of that Such as... The Star Wars Holiday Special Watch Along, which is an <laughs> annual thing. Remember, remember how I said, remember how I said we're never going to speak of this again, and how fucking dare you, and blah blah blah. Yeah, we're going to do it for the third year in a row. Oh yeah, this is just what we. But do. that, uh, but that will be uh, that will actually be a public show that'll be available on YouTube. But like our patrons will have special access because we do a green room before we do unleashed episodes. So it's yeah. true. Okay, is that it? That's it. I love that your spiel is so much longer than mine in the outro. I've heard That's that great. before. Eh. All right, anyway, let's say bye now. Bye. Bye.